Hey everyone, welcome to the Family History for Youth podcast. I'm your host, Annie Merrill. Family History for Youth is the home of ideas for teaching and creating family history with kids and teens. Join me as we discover ways to strengthen youth through connecting generations. Here you'll find interviews with genealogists, educators, parents, and more. Have you ever wished you had a superpower? I know I have. Today, I'm excited to welcome Eric Schubert, who happens to have the superpower of finding lost family members. Eric is a 17-year-old nationally recognized teenage genealogist from New Jersey. He started seven years ago and has loved every minute of it. In 2016, Eric decided to branch out and help others with their genealogy. He loves solving adoption cases and has helped over 1,000 people with their family history. Next year, he's heading to college where he will study secondary education with an emphasis in social science. I know his future students will be lucky to have him. Hey, Eric. Welcome to the Family History for Youth podcast. It's great to talk to you today. Um, How are you doing? Thank you. Uh, Doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. So if you could start, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about you and how you became involved in genealogy. Well, I am 17 now. I live in southern New Jersey. Uh, I've been doing genealogy for about, I would say, seven-ish years, right around there. I started uh, right around when I was about 10 years old. Uh, All my grandparents had recently passed, um, and I was also homesick a lot during that time period. Um, So, you know, one day my mom saw one of those corny, you know, ancestry commercials, and she was like, oh, you know, why uh, why don't you try that? Maybe you can use up some of your time. Uh, So I did and haven't stopped. So it was really just, you know, those two things coming together, which led me to be interested in it. And then I just kind of took off from there. Uh, And like I said, I've been doing it for about seven years. I've been helping, you know, others with it for, I would say, probably two to three years. Uh, I've helped, I calculated a number of the amount of people I've helped over these two, three years uh, a few months ago, which sounds crazy, but I can back it up. I've helped over 1,000 people in some way, whether it's, you know, a brief intro or, you know, a full search, discover their family histories these past few years, uh, which I, a number I can't even believe. Um, so it's just a lot of, wow. I know, right? Like I saw, I was double checking and I'm like, are you serious? Like, have I done, you know, that much? Uh, but it's been a lot of fun uh, to, you know, help people out. I do a lot of, you know, adoption stuff as well with genealogy. Uh, so it's just a lot of fun to, you know, do something that I love and, you know, help other people as well. That is incredible. I I'm amazed that you have helped that many people. Well, at first I thought it was like maybe like 400. And then I was like, let me look like I can, you know, go through emails and, you know, contacts. And it was like, at, like right around there. And I'm like, all right, I, I guess I was, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> Way <you>. to go. <laughs> so what were some of the things you did right at the beginning when you were just learning and how has that changed because I'm sure you did some learning to get to where you are. Um, I was pretty much self-taught from the beginning. Um, so I really, it was just something that I kind of noticed that I had a knack for. Uh, so I really just began to do, you know, my general tree, just, you know, tracing stuff out, obviously adding as much stuff as I could, you know, spending hours on the computer, you know, trying to figure it out. Um, 
So I really just kind of worked on that for a few years. Uh, and then I think every researcher has that point in time where just things start to maybe get a, not totally stagnant, but just a tiny bit, you know, boring, maybe a lull as you're, you know, in between trying to solve, you know, a certain mystery or something like that. Um, so what kind of led me to begin helping others was a combination of two things. Uh, I was really, like I said, just in a lull right around, you know, year five, I was around 15. Um, and it was around that time period where my father, uh, said to me in passing, cause I was showing him, you know, some stuff on his side. Um, he's like, Oh, like, by the way, I'm pretty sure, you know, my mom was adopted and I'm like, what? I just spent, you know, five years, you know, tracing everyone's line. Um, and you tell me this now. Um, so I was like, all right, there's my, I'm back in action now. Um, so I, you know, I started on that. I solved that. And then I was like, wow, adoption cases are really fun. And then at the same time, you know, I was 15 and I'm like, I need a job and I don't want to, you know, work at a retail store or something like that. Uh, so my dad and my mom were like, well, why don't you just do, you know, adoption research and genealogy stuff for, you know, people in the community? Um, so I started that and I did not think it would be a big, you know, uh, response at all, but it has been really overwhelming. So I kind of just went with the flow, really. Uh, I just kind of was a, you know, self-taught learner and figured out things along the way. That's really fantastic. It seems like your parents are super supportive of this passion of yours. What advice would you give to parents of other teens who are interested? I would say, um, that's a good question. I would probably just say, you know, just go with it. It's a ton of fun. Yes, uh, I know I bother my parents with it all the time, uh, but they've gotten used to it. Uh, so definitely just be supportive. You know, my parents are extremely supportive and it's been great uh, to have their support as I work on, you know, all these cases. Uh, so I really just say, you know, be extremely supportive. That's the one thing I can think of just because that can go a long way. Do you have any teachers who have offered similar support? Definitely. Well, I, I in the community, I was really, a lot of my teachers didn't know, a lot of my friends didn't know that I did this and that, you know, I've been doing it for so many people. Um, I remember one day after a news piece aired, all the, all these random teachers were coming up to me and they were like, oh, like, great job. So then all my teachers knew that I, you know, do what I do. And they have all been extremely supportive. Uh, all my teachers, most of my teachers call me the genealogy kid in my community as well. So I've, I've grown used to that label. Uh, so everyone really has just been extremely supportive, you know, teachers, family, people in the community. It's been uh, really great. That's really awesome. I'm happy you've had that kind of support. Thank you. Do you have a favorite ancestor that you have discovered over all these years? I always split that one into two categories. A favorite ancestor who I have trouble, you know, researching. And if I could, you know, figure something out on them, that would help me solve a mystery. I have one person. And then uh, a favorite ancestor just in general uh, I have. So I split it into two categories. One would be my great-great-grandfather on my paternal line. Uh, because Schubert was actually some crazy Polish name. And they went back and forth with it. Uh, so it has just totally been a dead end. And obviously, I want to figure out, you know, my paternal line, uh, just because obviously, that's my, you know, my namesake. But of course, I've had the most trouble with it. 
Uh, so he's definitely my favorite person just because I spend so much time trying to figure that mystery out. Uh, and then just in general, if you, you know, put aside me spending so much time trying to figure them out, um, aside, I would say my, uh, great grandmother on my mom's side, just because I have, you know, talked and met with so many people who knew her. Um, she died when my mother was young and she, on all accounts, she was, you know, the kindest person. And I have, you know, so many great pictures of her. I digitized all her uh, old scrapbooks. Um, so I really, you know, feel a connection there. So those two people, I really uh, enjoy researching and uh, finding pictures and stuff like that. Do you have a favorite crazy story about an adoption case? Ooh, I yes, I could. I'll have to. I'll have to summarize this. I found there's some sad ones, so I won't go into detail on all of those. Uh, I a favorite adoption case was uh, a local teacher in my high school district. I was helping out just because she got a referral from another teacher in my district that I helped, and I was putting a bunch of research together for. And just in passing, as I'm you know doing all this, she goes, "Oh, you know, like I'm adopted. Can you figure that out?" And I love adoption cases, so obviously I was all over it from the moment she said that. Um, so I had her send me, you know, everything over because New Jersey released their adoption records about uh, two years ago, but no one really knows about it. So she had her record. She sent me everything, and it took me about two days. And by two days, I mean like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., like nonstop, you know, really trying to figure it out. It's probably about 24 hours. Uh, I that's how long it took me to solve her case. And as it turns out, she has, you know, sisters. Uh, I figured out who both her parents are. And everyone has just been really welcoming. And she's, you know, one of the kindest people I've ever met. So I was just so happy that I could get a happy ending for her. Uh, because a lot of these adoption cases do not have happy endings like most people think they do. So that was probably my favorite adoption case just because there was a happy ending. Uh, for the person I had helped and the person I had helped is just, you know, one of the kindest people. Um, I had an adoption case where the both parents died right after the person was born. So that was kind of sad having to tell someone that. Um, and then I have a few other sad ones, but, you know, I won't go through all those. Um, but definitely in terms of favorite adoption cases, you know, a memorable one, Definitely the one with the teacher who I helped because she was just great and she's always very supportive of what I'm doing and I really appreciate it. Um, I love cases where I help people who maybe they're, you know, 60, 70 years old and I'm doing stuff and, you know, I find out that, oh, you have, you know, your father had a second family or, oh, your grandfather had, you know, a first family. And I open them up to a bunch of new relatives who they're curious about learning um, so I really love that. Just kind of the unknown, uh, finding those things in cases where the person isn't expecting something big and you find a lot of stuff from it. Or when someone brings me a case, you know, oh, I've been working on it for 20 years. You know, I, I don't think you can crack it. I've never cracked it. Uh, and I'm able to crack it for them. I love helping people in that way. Um, so definitely adoption cases, I have a ton of stories from, but definitely that one is my favorite. And then I help, I do so many other cases. So helping just people in general is a ton of fun for me. Uh, and I could really go on for hours, just 
cases I've done and, you know, all the fun ones, but definitely uh, I enjoy, you know, a lot of memorable ones. I can hear how passionate you are. Yeah, about I know. It. I had to stop myself there. I would have gone on for 20 minutes. <laughs> well, it's always wonderful to hear success stories. Thank you. Yeah, I totally do have, agree. Do you have a favorite technique when you're doing adoption cases? I typically, I honestly, it sounds pretty funny. I like, I lock myself in my room. I open up, you know, 50 computer tabs. I turn up my music really high. I just got to get in, you know, that mindset which sounds hysterical, but it's how I do it. Um, and I really just sit down at my desk and I will sit here for 12 hours if I have to and just figure it out. I'll have, you know, 10 billion tabs open. I will have notes everywhere. My desk will be a mess. My parents call me the mad scientist. If you saw my desk, you would understand <laughs> that one. Um, so I really don't have a set technique. I just kind of make sure I'm in the right mindset to solve what I need to solve and go from there. Awesome. Do you have any great ways that you balance doing this genealogy work with schoolwork? I really just, this is what I'm thankful for my time management skills, um, just because I do a ton of stuff, you know, in my community, uh, at school, I run a lot of stuff. And then obviously this takes up a big portion of things. So I'm thankful that, you know, I have time management skills to really, you know, manage it all. Um, I spend probably five, six hours doing genealogy a day for myself or for other people. Um, so I really just, I try and keep on top on, keep on top of everything. Uh, you know, answering emails as soon as I get them, uh, everything like that. I make sure my schedule, you know, I don't have anything conflicting, but I really just been thankful to have, I've had a lucky streak where I have past three years in high school, not a lot of homework. So that's a plus, uh, definitely frees up my high school schedule, but I, as far as tips, I really just say, make sure you have, you know, work on your time management, uh, because that is my prime thing that I'm very proud of that I've perfected in my eyes on getting everything done. So if you work on your time management, and you really perfect it, you can get a lot done, no matter how much stuff you have going on. It sounds like you do a great job at that. Sometimes I'm like, how the heck do I do I, you know, juggle all this, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I understand you recently became the volunteer coordinator for the Next Gen Genealogy Network. I did, yes. Could you tell me what the group does and what you do in that position? Well, my position is the volunteer coordinator, which means I promote, um, I make sure that Next Gen is promoted at, you know, genealogical events and conferences throughout the country. Uh, I make sure that volunteers are organized and maintained uh, throughout these various conferences and throughout the country. So I just make sure that, you know, next gen uh, surrogates, you could say, are at events where next gen needs representation, uh, like um, FGS or something like that. And as a whole, uh, the organization promotes uh, education and things of the like for young genealogists uh, who are trying to uh, expand genealogy or get more involved. Uh, so really just we maintain, you know, education and for genealogists and make sure that, you know, everyone's hearing about NextGen because uh, really it's a community uh, and we really just, you know, have great discussions on certain topics and everything like that. Uh, so it's a lot of fun to be part of an organization that's tailored towards young genealogists and is, you know, helping promote uh, conferences and stuff like that for people across the country. So I know that young is 
a relative term in the genealogy world. <laughs> yes. I take it you're probably one of the younger ones. Yeah, well, I think I am the youngest, I think. Um, I'll have to check on that. But yes, I, I think I claim that title. Um, but definitely we categorize young as, you know, definitely not what most people would think. We welcome everyone uh, just to learn more about genealogy, get involved with NextGen, and learn more about, you know, research techniques and things of the like. So how can interested individuals join NextGen? Uh, well, you can just check out the NextGen site, uh, which is, you know, you can Google NextGen Genealogy Network and find it there. Uh, we're very active on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so you can you know, join the Facebook groups, uh, join, you know, follow us on Twitter, and you can get involved with NextGen, learn more about you know, our mission, uh, better than I can articulate it, uh, and you know, learn more about what's going on, you know, how, what we do, and how we can help. Fantastic. What advice would you give to other teenagers who are interested in genealogy? Hmm, that's a good one. I would say always keep at it. It might get, you know, it might get boring at times. I know for like I was talking about earlier, I did have a little lull, you know, right around year four, year five. Uh, it might be boring at times. Just keep at it. It's a ton of fun. It's super rewarding to, you know, find out these things about your family history, especially if you're helping others to, you know, find out, you know, others' family history and help them with that. Um, so just definitely, I would say, uh, one tip, just keep at it, keep doing what you're doing because, you know, it can really make an impact. It's great advice. And it's true, those lulls come, but if you keep going, eventually you'll get to an exciting part again. Exactly. And that's, I almost, you know, I, I stopped for a little bit. Uh, but then once I had, you know, my grandmother's adoption thing, I started back up and, you know, that was three, four years ago and I've been going for almost 10 now uh, total. So if you really just keep at it, uh, no matter, you know, what you're running across, uh, you'll definitely, you know, come out on top in the end. You'll keep at it and, you know, keep up great work. Moving forward, um, as you approach graduating high school and heading off into college and other life pursuits, how do you see yourself staying involved in genealogy and keeping that part of your life? Uh, well, I definitely plan on keeping it a central aspect for sure. Uh, I am going off to college, but I'm still planning to help others, you know, wherever I go to college and back here at home in South Jersey. Um, so I'm definitely just going to keep up East Genealogy, uh, keep helping others in my area and wherever I go to school, uh, make sure I'm still involved, you know, keep being involved with next gen and, you know, things like that. Uh, and just really act like it's a normal, uh, like I was still in high school. Uh, because that's it's been rewarding so far, and I think if I keep it up like I am now and make sure that it's still a central aspect in my life, uh, it'll be fine as I head off to college. Definitely. Well, it has been so great talking to you today. I love hearing your passion and how excited you are about genealogy, and I hope that the way that you feel, the other teenagers and young people can get that same excitement and passion for genealogy too. So if people wanted to find you, um, learn more about your services and what you do, where can they, where is it best for them to go? You can find out my website, which is eastgenealogy.com. Uh, I'm also very active on Facebook where I post, you know, genealogy uh, tips, 
uh, just cool photos, stuff like that, uh, you can look me up on there uh, at ESGenealogy. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter with the same handle uh, where I do the same kind of thing, you know, sharing genealogy tips and stuff like that. Um, and I kind of congregate everything there. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'll be sure to include those links. Um, Thank you. I know people look forward to finding you. Thank you. It's been awesome to chat with you. I appreciate all the great questions. Thank you for being on here today. I've loved chatting too. Isn't Eric awesome? I loved interviewing him. I especially appreciated his story about helping one of his teachers who was adopted find her biological family. I am so impressed by his enthusiasm and hard work, and I especially love his confidence about his time management skills. He definitely inspired me to work a little harder to manage my time well. I know Eric is going to do great things, and I'm so grateful we have someone like him involved in the Next Gen Genealogy Network. Please leave a rating and a review. I really appreciate it when you take the time to do so. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time.